I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Good morning. Welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Wednesday morning, folks. We're going to catch you up on all the Tuesday night NBA action on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Mo DeKeel, joined by our brotherly, brotherly Rich Hoffman, man from the city of brotherly love. And we're produced by Andrew Schlecht, who might be a little upset with me because I've not been too nice to him on the pre-recording of this call. (laughs) Don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of the unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. Go to theathletic.com slash daily ding, and you can receive an all-access subscription for just $3.99 a month. Don't miss out. We had some great stuff on The Athletic today, like Chris Krishner, David Aldridge, and Sam Amick reporting on the uh, what happened with... Lloyd Pierce getting fired in Atlanta. Coming up on today's shows, participants were announced for the three-point contest, skills challenge, dunk contest. The referees put on a show in LA. But first, the Celtics are going on a little run, Rich. Celtics 117, Clippers 112 in Boston. Right before tip-off, Kawhi Leonard was ruled out with back spasms. Kind of put a problem for the Clippers there a little bit going into this game. Boston extends their win streak to three. Rich, just off the bat, what'd you see in this game? I would say a couple things, Mo. Uh, the, the first is that obviously without Kawhi, this is a game that Boston should win. But, you know, they haven't always taken care of business. They've been a team that a lot of people have been <laughs> confused by this year. And it, it's been a weird year for them just because I feel like they're getting pretty great performances from their two main young wings who are both all-stars. But it just it just hasn't been there. So I, I would say the first thing that I would take away is that Kemba Walker looked good. And uh, right. you know, when you look at like some of his numbers this year, he hasn't always looked 100%. And, and you could see it in the numbers a little bit. Like he just doesn't get to the rim really at all anymore. And, you know, that, that wasn't always a strength in, in recent years, but it's pretty much gone now. So they're a different team when he's making those pull-up threes. And I think he had four of them in this one. So that, that, that would be the first thing I would take away from them. And then the second yeah, one, but, 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 but before you go, go off on that, I mean, we got to touch on it because Kemba Walker did go off in the third quarter for 13 points, you know, of his 25. And I think that was kind of really got the Celtics going. Cause it was a tight game throughout most of it. I mean, 16 lead changes, 11 ties. And then the Celtics were able to pull away. I, I, I'm kind of happy to start seeing Kemba Walker getting going a little bit. Yeah, I mean, when teams play, you know, drop coverage and when the Clippers are, uh, you know, they played a little bit of zone against them tonight, you're going to need him to make that shot. Um, you know, I saw it last year in the playoffs a lot when when Joel Embiid was dropping. And that's, you know, the, the Celtics don't have enough good players for Kemba Walker to look like he has for part of this season. So, yeah, I mean, that, that was huge. Big performance by him. 
Yeah, and, and and because I rudely interrupted you because you're the guest and I'm a bad host, what uh, what was your your next point you wanted to go to? Uh, the other one is I just love watching Robert Williams play. Yes, <laughs> he's just fun. Well, 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 let's let's stick to that for a second because you know what are your impressions of Robert Williams for the season? We know the Celtics are plagued a little bit with having a little issues size wise and things like that. Tristan Thompson is up and down. Was pretty good tonight with 13 points and nine rebounds, but you know the Time Lord kind of gives them a little bit extra. You know what? What are your impressions of of just the season he's putting together right now, and what does he really kind of mean for the Celtics? I think he can raise their ceiling at the center position. Like they're a weird team in that they are undersized, but they have three centers who I think are fairly useful, you know, for their own reasons, you know, Tice with those, uh, with those Gortat screens and he can make the occasional three, you know, Tristan, he can hit the offensive glass and he can switch a little bit. But like, like you said, like the time Lord, he can bring an element that those guys can't. And that's the vertical spacing part of it. You know, I think he had what three lobs in this one. And it, it kind of goes hand in hand with Kemba and, and Tatum when they're making those threes off of the, uh, off of the pick and roll. Like if you have him going up for lobs, it's, it's pretty tough to defend. And I, I would say you can see why he, his playing time is inconsistent at times. He's certainly a guy who still has to keep up with like the nuances of defense and those haven't always come easy to him. Like he makes the spectacular block, but the ordinary rotation that he needs to make three plays in a row, he doesn't always do that. Right. But he's a talented guy, you know, he had, he had a couple of key rebounds at the end of this game and he's always been, you know, an excellent passer. I think he had four assists tonight. So you can hit him on the short roll and still feel pretty good about it. Um, I, I think, you know, Brad Stevens said after the game that he's getting better and, I think that's that's about right. But yeah, he's uh he he just gives them a more explosive element than the other guys do. Yeah, for me the 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 one thing I say when I look at him is he's still probably 2 years away from being reliable. Right? Like we're we're, we're going to see the flashes like tonight where you have games and you're just looking at it going like, "Wow, this is the guy they they drafted. This is who we we think he's going to be." But I, I I just still think it's it's 2 years until it's like, "Okay, we're getting this every night from from Robert Williams, and until and, and, and then, I think it's just going to be up and down kind of roller coaster game with him. Let's talk a little bit about the Clippers. I mean, this one was a tough one. Not just Kawhi kind of going out before the start of the game. They lose Marcus Morris to uh, elbow. He's out for a con- possible concussion right before the half. Doesn't come back. Paul George was big in the first half, but struggles in the fourth quarter. Goes two for ten in the fourth. You know, uh, Reggie Jackson had a nice night. But, you know, what would you make of the Clippers game? I mean, I, I, I cover a team that does not do that well when one of their star players is out. So so I was kind of impressed with how they looked. Like, I thought the Clippers for most of the game did an awesome job of leveraging Paul George's shooting to create shots for other guys. And, you know, I think he had four assists at the end of the game, but it seemed like he was creating good looks for other guys. And you know, whether that was Lou or uh, or Reggie Jackson, like you said, I mean, he had a, a huge night. Those guys, I mean, they knocked down shots, and that's something they've been doing all season, you know, 42% from deep for them. So, I, you know, I thought they played pretty well. They just ran out of gas, and they, uh, they struggled executing at the end of games. PG took some tough shots. It felt like he ran out of gas a little bit too, but that's something that's happened to them a little bit recently. 
Yeah, I mean, their end-of-game execution this season has been brutal. Like, they're, <laughs> they are one of the worst teams in, in clutch situations when you look at it. And I think that's just been the case, something that's been really kind of staying with them. But the other thing, too, and I got to ask you this one, only nine free throws in this game. The Celtics shot 23. You know, why aren't the Clippers getting to the free throw line? I mean, when you look at the personnel, it's you know it, it's <laughs> it's really incumbent on PG and and Kawhi to be those guys, but they you know they like shooting their mid range jumpers and their threes off the dribble, which is you know it's great when they're going in, but yeah, when you're being outshot by the Celtics by 14 at the free throw line, that's not a uh, a recipe for success. I mean, I think those two teams. I think they're top five in, in shots off the bounce in terms of like the amount of pull-ups they take per game. But, but sometimes when that isn't going, you know, they don't, they can't fall back on the, uh, on the free throw line. But uh, yeah, that was, that was apparent at the end of the game when they were shooting contested threes. Yeah, it was, it's brutal. And that's just something that's been staying with them all year. Celtics, again, the stats, Kemba Walker finished with 25.6 assists, shot 6-12 from 3. Celtics fans can breathe a sigh of relief. They've won a three games in a row now. Got to be feeling pretty good. Jalen Brown had 18 points. Got a pretty rough game from Jason Tatum. Yeah. Only hitting 14 points, going 5-16 from the field. Clippers, Paul George finished with 32 points, but like I said, struggled down the stretch. Reggie Jackson with a season-high 25 points and 7 assists. Mo, what do you what do you think about Boston? Do you think like like is their ceiling still NBA Finals level? No, <laughs> not this year. I don't think I wasn't very high on them going into this season. I thought this was a team that you know were were good, but I didn't feel like they had just enough to really push on to the uh, to the finals. I think they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs just because those two young kids are really good, and if. Kemba Walker can kind of duplicate the performance from tonight on a regular basis and get close to what he was last year. I think they'll be in good shape, but they've just missing too many guys. Marcus Smart's missed a ton of time, and even then, they're just so thin. I'm I'm not sold on them being a team that I think like okay, we can put them as possible contenders. Yeah, the the lack of depth is is pretty concerning for them. Um, it's they're really reliant on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. If they get a bad night from one of those two guys, it's rough. But it, it, I do think like Marcus Smart, he he makes a pretty big difference for them. So, oh, for sure. Like I think people are well, people are kind of going like, I can't believe Marcus Smart matters this much. I'm like, <laughs> well, we he, he's their Draymond Green, yeah, right. You know, and I think that's kind of the thing people are missing. He's he's kind of the fire for this team, and I think they they win a lot of games just off him you know, being that guy. Now, granted, he takes a lot of bad shots, but I think <laughs> yes, that's kind does. of the important the important piece to him is just kind of what he what he brings to them, sort of that that just kind of that 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 passion that I, sometimes I don't feel like they really have. I still think Boston and Miami, who I watched tonight and Jimmy Butler, his all star case was bolstered by uh by the performance that Miami had tonight. Mm-hmm. I would be surprised if they finish in the top three but I still think they could put a pretty big scare in any of those teams in the playoffs. Maybe. Well, they're tested. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, they're battle tested. These guys, both those teams have been through battles. You got to be a little, you got to be concerned. Them and even Toronto, you got to be concerned. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Phoenix 114, Lakers 104 in Los Angeles. Lakers, no Marcus Gasol or Kyle Kuzma on top of Anthony Davis not playing. This was a really good measuring stick game for the Suns, but also just a really weird game. Devin Booker <laughs> got ejected in the third quarter for two technicals extremely quickly. Uh, prior to that, LeBron James had gotten a technical. Frank Vogel got in technical. That was all just in the third quarter. Four total technicals in the third in the third quarter. I, I mean, before we even get to the game, Rich, what the hell's going on with the refs, man? I don't know. That was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. And it was so I was watching the game on TNT, you know, here in Philly. So so it, I had to wait until I saw on Twitter the Lakers broadcast had an interesting angle because. You could see LeBron's reaction whenever Booker said what he said, the the magic words. LeBron had the reaction like, whoa, in a way that, I mean, LeBron James has played a lot of basketball in his NBA career. He was he seemed like he was pretty surprised by what Devin Booker said. Now, I, I assume that's the first technical. I don't understand where the second one came from. I thought, like, initially, was it one of those passive-aggressive ball tosses at the ref that, that, that those never work out Apparently, well. Apparently, it seems to be a thing. We, with J.J. Redick a few weeks ago got thrown out for an aggressive ball toss as well. Yeah, it's, it's never worth it, guys. Don't do that. It's uh, It might feel good in the moment, but it's uh, it, the, the refs don't like that if you throw the ball even 25% harder than you should uh, at them in a bounce pass. But even looking at the replay, I didn't even see that. So... I got to be honest, Mo, I do not understand how you can hit with two technicals in such short order. I guess the only defense I might have for the refs is that Booker walked right off the court. He didn't seem like he was, I mean, he seemed frustrated by the whole thing, but he didn't seem like he was going to protest it for that long. But it, man, it really did seem like a couple of quick no, no. Him, him, him walking off the court, I think, was more of a I got to protect my money situation. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get fined right now. I don't want to have to deal with any of this. Um, it's, just, it's just weird. I have a lot of issues with actually the officiating this season beyond just these kinds of technicals but that's a whole other podcast rich for another time uh hopefully i we can we can find a way to do that down the road but in this game lakers didn't really have a big man with no marcus soul they had to start montrez harrell and deandre ayton kind of took advantage of him in the post it's getting a little weird in some of these matchups with montrez harrell i mean I, i know before the season there was a question of like all right, he's he's a nice get at the mid-level exception. He's obviously, you know, a very talented scorer, all of those things. But would he be able to play in the playoffs with their two big guys? Well, Anthony Davis isn't even on the court right now. 
and what he plays under 20 minutes, you know, they're playing Markeith Morris in crunch time at center. Um, you know, I, I think that's, that's a concern if, if you're a Lakers fan, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I know that the Suns were playing small with Dario Saric and that, I guess that can be a little bit of a tough matchup with, uh, with Montrez, but I thought it was telling that Vogel didn't really go to him in this game. Well, yeah. And, and I think part of it kind of goes to what I think the plan is with, you know, Harold is, is he's going to be a guy that they're just going to roll out. But when it comes to when they're fully healthy and it comes to time to win games, they're going to go small and he's not their small ball center. Anthony Davis is their small ball center. He's not their small ball power forward. LeBron James is their small ball power forward. Like there's just, I think this was just more of a a product of circumstances tonight. And then, you know, you touched on it. Dario Saric was awesome down the stretch tonight, kind of closing things out and, and making some passes. He hits Chris Paul for three, had some nice plays in the post himself. You know, the, the, the Suns were rolling winners of 15 of their last 18 games with some nice wins. It's not like they've beaten up on some of these bad teams. And I know the Lakers weren't all that healthy, but they've gotten wins throughout the whole year on top of some of the best teams in the West. Should we be paying more attention to the Suns? Like, you know, I don't want to call them a contender because I think we kind of overuse that phrase yeah. a lot. But but should we be paying more attention to the Suns? Yeah, honestly, Mo, I think it hit me during the game. They're just better than I thought they would be. And I thought they were going to be pretty good once they got Chris Paul. Like, I thought they were going to be a mid-tier Western Conference playoff team. You know, a team that was probably not even going to have to play in the play-in. And, and that, to me, is a, is a very good team. They have a top five defense at this point of the season. That's not how I thought it was going to go. And, you know, even with the questions of like, what what is DeAndre? And they, you know, you look at tonight's game and, you know, there was probably a point midway through the fourth quarter where they took CP3 out of the game and without Booker because of the ridiculous technical situation, I wondered how it would go. And they extended the lead like no problem. Right, <laughs> that was the that was the more bizarre thing. I think it was kind of a weird game from the Lakers, in that sense of just their defense really wasn't there. You know, you had great games. Mikhail Bridges was really good for them tonight for the Suns, and you know, Chris Paul only took four shots. I mean, it, it says a lot there. Like the other guys were rolling across the board. Jay Crowder having having fifteen. Like I, it, it felt like. The Suns were in control this whole game. Yeah, and you know we mentioned Dario earlier, my guy from uh, from covering him in Philly for a long time. I I think he's found a role as a backup five. You know he he obviously has had a couple of tough years here with with injuries and and other issues. Um, you know he played a, against the Sixers. He played really well a couple of weeks ago, but you know you just saw in this game. They were pick and popping the uh, the Lakers to death, and and like you said, CP three only four shots because he just kept finding Dario and letting him make the play at the end of it. And you know, I'm not sure like in the highest level situations if Dario is going to be able to survive at the five defensively. I'm not sure he's going to survive in any position defensively in the uh, the highest leverage situations. But if he can, the playmaking and the shooting is pretty good. So uh, you know, and they have a lot of guys. You know, they I, what did they shoot from three tonight? Uh, they shot 55% from three, 55.2. That point two is very important, Rich. Never forget the point two. They went 16 to 29 from three. So they were, they were pretty good tonight. When you have guys like Crowder and Bridges, you know, and Bridges is a plus 40% shooter. He is 
the perfect three and D player. Like I think three and D gets overused a lot because some, sometimes guys only have one of the two really. And maybe they just try at the other one. He is like the perfect three and D player. Um, and frankly, somebody who probably should have been picked a lot higher in the draft considering his pedigree moving into it. Uh, yeah. They just have a lot of or really good not players traded by, or not traded by your team. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, my one thing for the Suns, and this is the one thing I, I, I'll say about it is I got to see what they do in the playoffs. And it's not a matter of like, you know, let's, they have to prove it in the playoffs. It's just, so many of their guys on this team have never experienced the playoffs. And, and and you know, and I know it's a little bit different in the playoffs. So I'm not going to go full crazy on them. I, I, I want to see how those guys respond in the playoffs. Like Devin Booker's never been in the playoffs. Obviously Bridges has never been DeAndre and all of those guys. I mean, really just Chris Paul Crowder and your guy Sarge are really the only true playoff vets on that team. What, what do you think about Aiden? I, I, I just like, it feels like, Every night, I feel differently about him, depending on the game I get. I think he's a young guy. I think he's a young center, and I think it's inconsistent, and that's okay. You know, I think he has a chance to be really good. He tries. It's, it's the effort's there for me. I'm not look. I'm not crazy about the fact that he only had five rebounds tonight. Like I feel like DeAndre Ayton should have more rebounds than that. But overall, like I think he's improving. I think he's making progress and and that's all I really want to see from him so you know big guys it takes a while to develop so I'm not going to go too hard on him I just let's I just want to see progress and that's what I'm getting so I'm not going to be too upset with anything from from him so far but let me ask you this question this is the last question and then we'll, we'll we'll move on to the next subject but how worried should we be about the Lakers if at all I'm not worried is, is AD Thanks. coming back is, is the Achilles going to be okay at some point this season then I'm not worried yeah, exactly. As long as by playoff game one they are healthy, I'm I'm fine with it. Uh, run through the stats real quickly. Dario Saric led the Suns with 21 points. Chris Paul only had eight points, but 10 assists. DeAndre Ayton had 17, while Bridges put up 19. LeBron was just awesome. We probably didn't even talk about him as much as we should have, <laughs> yeah. but you know he had 38 points, six assists, five rebounds. It's almost like we're used to this from LeBron. Uh, but he, he was phenomenal tonight. The rest of the Lakers kind of struggled. Dennis Schroeder with 17 points. THT with 16 points. Now let's get to the news. The NBA Board of Governors had made two changes to the two-way contracts. First, they got rid of the 50-game maximum that these guys can play before their contracts had to be converted. And second, these guys will all be playoff eligible this season. The NBA the NBA PA still has to approve the changes, but I think that's going to pretty much sail through. We got some all-star news. We know the fields now for all those contests. In the three-point contest, we're going to have Devin Booker, Jalen Brown, Stephen Curry, Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell, and Jason Tatum. Rich, out of that crew, who are you picking to win the three-point championship? Everything, your, your, your life savings are on the line. I'm picking Steph. Yeah, okay, so we're just going to assume you doubled your life savings now, and I want you to pay attention now. In the skills competition, we got Luka Doncic, Robert Covington, Nikolai Vucevic, DeMontis Sabonis, Julius Randle, and Chris Paul. Who who are you? You're going double or nothing now. What do you got? I, I, that's just the weirdest field in the world, by the way, too. And I mean, this is something- It, it, it always is. Yeah. 
is this just like do, do people have to volunteer do they have to pay people to do this this contest because you know they're obviously going to go uh half speed through it or whatever but but to answer your question i would take chris paul in that one well, I think this year is going to be different because this is going to be before the game. So this is kind of these guys' warm-up. So <laughs> I think maybe they'll go a little harder. But, yeah, I think Chris Paul is probably going to be the winner. We talked about this on Sunday, but the dunk contest is going to be Anthony Simons. Cassius Stanley, God, I hope I said that pre- uh, correctly. I think did. Obi- and there we go. Obi Toppin will also be the main headliner in the dunk contest. Who do you got between those three? I think Obi Toppin's the only one I've seen dunk out of those three. I mean, it's not all due respect to those guys. They're NBA players, you know, a couple first round picks in there. Um, not not the best dunk contest field we've ever had, I would say. I, I'll take Obi Toppin out of those guys. Okay. I think you've lost all your money now at this point because I think it's going to be Stanley from what I've heard. I don't know. I, you know what? I, I did see he had a pretty sick dunk. Um, I, I am wrong. He, I, From what I said earlier, I haven't seen him dunk in an NBA game. I did see him dunk in a, uh, I think it was a Chris Johnson workout, and it was, uh, it was pretty cool. He, he put the ball underneath his legs and, and dunked. And I can't even describe <laughs> it that well, but it was pretty good. Well, good news for us is we have the judges for the dunk contest, all former slam dunk champions: Dominique Wilkins, D. Brown, Jason Richardson, Josh Smith, and my personal favorite, Spud Webb. The NBA did have, did have to push the Raptors-Pistons game that was scheduled for Tuesday night to Wednesday as Toronto still has several players and coaches out with COVID protocol, including Nick Nurse, Pascal Siakam, and Fred Van Vliet. Let's fly through these other games, Rich. Nuggets 128, Bucks 97. I mean, this thing was just a smackdown you know, almost from the first quarter on. Jokic with another triple-double, 37 points, 11 assists, 10 rebounds. Also got 24 points from Jamal Murray. The Bucks got 27 and 8 from Giannis, 20 from Middleton, but just could not stop the Joker. Real quickly, Rich, what would you see in this one? Denver, they, they played a lot of zone from what I saw. And Milwaukee, they, they didn't look like they handled it that well. They snuck behind it a couple times for dunks. And, uh, you know, I remember the game a couple weeks ago in Denver. Milwaukee just lit them up. So I guess Mike Malone just said, hey, we're going to do something different. And uh, and it worked out. And then the other one is like, I don't know what else you can say about Jokic anymore. But the guy is just ridiculous. I mean, they, there was a play early in the third quarter where they ran him off a pin down screen against Lopez. And it was like, yeah, sure. We'll just make the three. He's uh He's unbelievable. He is amazing. It's it's kind of just that simple. I'm still not that worried about the Bucks, although I'm a little bit concerned. <laughs> I don't know if that's probably a smart way to say it, but I think this is this is good for the Bucks. This is good for the Bucks. I think this kind of struggling is good for them now. Figure all this stuff out. Come playoff time. They should be fine. Hawks 94. Heat 80. No Jimmy Butler for the Heat. Nate McMillan's first game as head coach. The Heat shot just 27.3% from three. Both Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn could not knock down a shot. They both went three for 12 from from the field. Trey Young had a double-double. 18 points, 10 assists. Clint Capella was a monster on the glass with 17 boards to go with his 10 points. I feel like, by the way, every time a team fires a coach midseason, they win that first game. Maybe that's just a little bit of a recency bias with this game, but I feel like if you, if you want to win a stupid regular season game, you can fire your coach, and then you have to figure out what to do with a new coach after that. But 
So do, do you think teams should just fire their coach before each game? If sure. we had a team that did a- that, they'd 82 go 82 coaches. and 0. Yes. Yeah, just, 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 just keep bringing them in. Bring in a new coach, cool, you're fired. I mean, at that point, I might get to live out my dream and be a coach for a day. Totally. If, if you could get an NBA coach's prorated salary for one game, sign me up. Yeah, absolutely. And then fire me after we win. All right, there we go. That's how we're going to get our first undefeated team in the NBA. That's it. Because you're right. There's always an immediate bounce from when a team fires their coach the next game. They're just playing better. Um, they may not always win, but they are just kind of better that game. Grizzlies 125, Wizards 111. Ja Morant was unbelievable in this one. 35 points, 10 assists. Dylan Brooks and DeAnthony Melton with 20 points. Both Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook finished with 23 points for the Wizards. Knicks 93, Spurs 119. No Derrick Rose for the Knicks who entered into the NBA's COVID protocols. Six players for the Spurs finished in double figures led by Trey Lyles with 18 points. Emmanuel quickly for the Knicks finished with 26 points, including going 6-13 from three. That one, that number kind of goes out of nowhere from, from him. He just caught fire in this one that's gonna do it for today's show don't forget about the other basketball shows across the athletic podcast network we still have your favorite shows on the athletic nba show including a new one on saturdays with super producer andrew schleck slams and jams on saturdays check it out no dunks and house of strauss plus over a dozen team specific shows available from some of your favorite athletic beat writers Don't forget to follow on the app to get notifications for new episodes and utilize the podcast episode comment section. And if you're not a member of The Athletic, you're in luck. You can get all of our podcasts ad-free, plus some fantastic writing across all major sports. Don't miss out on any of Rich's stuff for the Sixers. Folks, I'm telling you right now, if you want to be in on the Sixers, you got to be reading whatever Rich is writing. He's always in the know. Get a subscription today at theathletic.com slash daily ding. You never know when these promos are going to end, so get there soon. Thanks for waking up with us, and Rich, send us home. Ding, ding.